Well, good morning. Good to see you today, wherever you are, as we have this uh, streaming opportunity to be together to look at God's Word. Though we can't be together because of the snow and the ice and the cold, we have our opportunity to gather around God's Word. And my prayer is that today you're warm and you're with your family. The most important thing is that you are in good health and you take care of yourself in these days. Well, we're going to continue to think about family secrets, family matters today. And I want you to take your Bible. Genesis chapter number 25 is where we'll look today. Genesis 25. So get your Bible, gather your family in, those who are uh, able, and join me as we continue to think about these very important truths together. So let me read to you some words. These are This is the story of the birth of Isaac's sons. Now we move from Abraham to Isaac, and we start to think about the family secrets that Isaac had to deal with in his own family. So we begin reading in Genesis 25, beginning in verse number 21. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And the Lord answered him, and Rebekah his wife conceived But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is so, why then am I this way? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and the two peoples will be separated from your body, and one people shall be stronger than the other, and the the older shall serve the younger." When her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Now the first came forth red all over like a hairy garment, and they named him Esau, which means hairy. Afterwards, his brother came forth with his hand holding on to Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. And uh, Isaac was 60 years old when she gave birth to them. When the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a peaceful man living in tents. Now Isaac loved Esau because he had taste for game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. When Jacob had cooked stew, Esau came in from the field and he was famished. And Esau said to Jacob, please let me have a swallow of that red stuff there, for I am famished. Therefore, his name was called Edom, which means red. But Jacob said, first sell me your birthright. Esau said, behold, I'm about to die. So of what use then is the birthright to me? And Jacob said, first swear to me. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher today. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you come from families with twins. I happen to be from a family of twins. I have twin sisters. The youngest sisters in my family are twins. So much alike, so many similarities, and yet so many differences. 
We see that here in the life of Isaac's children. The focal truth today that I want us to think about as we deal with family secrets is this real truth that all of us must remember in our families. And that is, just like the sons of Isaac, uh, children are born into this world as sinners. So the sons of Isaac were bitter enemies and they lived in sinful pride. Each of them were sinners in their own way. Each of them treated each other in different ways. But what we find here is something that's quite surprising because God has chosen now to bless the world and give the promised seed of the Messiah through Abraham, now Isaac. And yet this strange thing takes place, this struggle between these two brothers. You see, Abraham gave everything to Isaac. We read that earlier in this chapter. Uh, he gave him the he gave him all of the blessing of the promise of the seed of the Messiah to come, <coughs> which God gave to Abraham. Now is on Isaac and his children. He gave him the land, the promise of the land. He gave him all the inheritance. And Isaac had to live by faith just like his father. This is true in all of our families. We have to live by faith, whatever our circumstances. And Isaac's wife, Rebecca, how would he have known it? How would he have known that his wife, Rebecca, was barren? But she could not have children, so what does he do? He goes to the Lord, number one, Isaac, and these are the observations I want us to make today. Number one, Isaac had to trust God to give him children. He knew that God had promised Abraham, I'm going to bless the world through your seed. Well, now Isaac is here, but who is his seed going to be since his wife can't have any children? Well, Isaac goes and prays. Verse 21, as we read, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife. And he asked the Lord to deal with her. The old rabbinic tradition is that Isaac and Rebekah went to Mount Moriah where Abraham had bound Isaac for a sacrifice, and they ask God there at Mount Moriah to help them. Well, God answers <coughs> as we read here <coughs> in the text, and she conceived of a child. I want to remind us again today, as you're gathered there with your family, today's even a better day than most days to remember the significance of your family. Look around you. Children are a gift from God. Children are a gift from God. Though they come, just like all of us, born into this world, choosing to sin and be selfish, they are a gift from God. Look around and see those children that God has given you. What a special thing it is to be surrounded by them. And also, remember that they're a blessing from the Lord. God provides us with children to encourage us as we grow older. One day your children will care for you rather than you care for your children. What a wonderful thought it is to experience that. So Isaac, he has to trust God with his children and with the needs that God would provide him with a child. Look, I don't know your condition in your family, but we all must live by faith in our family circumstances and trust God. The second observation we see here is this matter of the sons and their bitterness and their uh, opposition and hatred toward one another. It's surprising, isn't it? We read these strange words in verse number 22. 
but the children struggled together with her. And, and so Rebecca, as these children are in the womb, they're struggling. Not now the word struggle here, this Hebrew word means they were actually fighting. There was struggle more than just moving around in the womb. There was actual fighting. The children struggled, verse 22, within her. And all of a sudden, Rebecca is saying, what is all of this? I must ask the Lord, why are these children being so aggressive and pushing and and uh, wrestling, as it were, in the womb? And the Lord says to her, here's the answer in verse 23. Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples will be separated from your body. And one people shall be stronger than the other, and the other shall serve the younger. Now, here's something interesting. God tells Rebecca what is the situation and the future of her two sons. I'm sure she shared this with Isaac. Notice what God's will is for these children. Notice Abraham prayed and God gave him one son. But we discover Isaac prays for a son and God gives him two sons. One a son of promise, the one of the promised line for the seed of the Messiah, but the other turned out to be a man who lived for the flesh and for selfishness. So God says, here's my will. Here's my will. Two nations will come out of these two children and two peoples will be separated from your body. One of them will be stronger than the other and the and notice the older shall serve the younger. You see, Jacob and Esau would both become great nations. Jacob and Esau represent not only their individual selves, but in this promise and plan of God, they represent nations that would come. The nation of Israel would come through Jacob. The nation of Edomites or Edom would come through uh, Esau. And the importance of us remembering this is that because of the, this condition, we discover from their names what's going on in their lives. They were very unique, but even in the womb, we read that the first comes out. This one is coming out, but there's the other one holding on to his heel as if he wanted to come out first. There's the battle even to the point of being born between who's going to be first, Jacob or Esau. Esau emerges first from the womb, but there's that hand holding on to his heel. Just as he comes out and is born, there's his brother holding his heel. Who's going to be first? Who's going to be first? Perhaps these days, look, you've had a long week with your children, haven't you? You've been together for a long time. I'm sure there have been different kinds of struggles and disagreements among the children these days. Who's going to be first? Who's going to gain the attention? Well, Esau, his name is Harry because he was, he had a lot of hair when he was born. But what about this other one, Jacob? His name is called the deceiver, the supplanter, the one who holds on to the heel. Each of these things begin to describe the qualities of these men. They were so different. Look at this in verse 27. When the boys grew up. Now, as we think about their age, <coughs> I want us to remember, folks, these are teenagers. Most likely, as we read this story that we're about to read, 
and this encounter around the, the, the bowl of soup, they're 15 years old. Do you have 15 year olds in your house? Do you have teenagers in your house? Some of the most important decisions in life take place when you're teenagers. Some of the most life changing decisions take place in our teenage years. Well, we read here, uh, when they grew up, that is when they came of age, we would say around 15 years old, Esau became a skillful hunter and a man of the field. But Jacob was a peaceful man living in tents. He was more like a shepherd. And so we read something of this uh, interesting. We see that the parents had their favorite. They had their favorite whom they loved. And it says in verse 28, Isaac loved Esau. And we see also that uh, Isaac loved Esau, but Rebekah, she, she loved Jacob. So with all that's going on with these children and their differences and their disagreements, there's uniquenesses in who they are. They, uh, they are uh, they're so different in what they do. One peace-loving, one who is aggressive and an outdoorsman. This is the difference between them. In your family, you'll discover the same thing among your children. They have differences. They have uniquenesses. That's why the Word of God says you must understand the condition and differences of your children. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The idea is understand what kind of uh, nature and background and unique qualities each of your children have. Well, there's favoritism among the parents. It's never good to be favorites. But now we know that Rebecca has been told by God that the younger, that the older will serve the younger. So what will she do with that? Well, we'll find out about that in the days ahead. But I want us to get to, for the remainder of our, our time together, Isaac's and Isaac's secret sin toward his brother and frankly Esau's secret sin as they met together over a bowl of soup. Now Abraham has died. We read it in this chapter earlier. Perhaps Isaac was making this stew for, uh, excuse me, perhaps uh, Jacob was making this soup for his father to encourage him in the death of his father. Well, we find that Esau comes in and he's hungry and he's demanding. And Jacob decides to manipulate him. So he says, literally, give me some of that red stuff. And that's the way the Hebrew reads. It's give me some of that. Give me a swallow of that red stuff. He didn't say, oh, I notice you have good soup and it smells wonderful. He just says to his brother rather ab- abruptly, give me some of that red stuff. I'm famished. I'm, I'm exhausted. I've been out uh, doing all kinds of things. And so I'd like, for, I'd like to have something to eat. And so what does Jacob do? This is his moment. He manipulates his brother in his moment of weakness. And what does he do? Well, he says, if you give me the birthright, If you give me the birthright, if you swear to give it to me, then I'll give you something to eat. And so what does, what happens here? Well, the importance of the birthright must be remembered. Here's the importance of being first in your family, being born first. You're superior in the family to all. You're the head. 
you get a double portion of the inheritance. You are the one who is uh, in these old ancient days of the patriarchs, the priestly one in the family. Through you are the, the promised seed to all the nations will come. All of these things matter. These are all tied to the promise God gave to Abraham. But Esau didn't care about that. Esau only cared about himself. He only cared about his temporary needs. What did I say a moment ago? Some of the most important decisions in life are made when you are a teenager, in your teenage years. So at the age of 15, at the age of 15, because of his fleshly desires and his impatience, Esau despises, as we read at the bottom, Esau despised his birthright. Verse 34. He said, it doesn't matter to me. Who cares about my family? Who cares about my place in the family? I just want something to eat. I want something to satisfy my flesh. So we learn something very important here that I want us to think about. That the sins of the teenager go with you all the days of your life. God forgives us. But teenagers, I encourage you today, walk with God, serve the Lord, remember Him in the days of your youth. That's when you must be obedient. That's when you must listen to your parents and to your grandparents and their wise wisdom. Walk with God in your younger years. It will keep you from great pain and sorrow in the older years of your life. You see, Esau turns out to be a man of the flesh. We read later in Hebrews, he was an immoral and godless person. Rabbinic tradition tells us <clears throat> that, that uh, Esau had come in from the field and he was committing adultery. He was committing immorality. He was committing idolatry. He comes in from a, a day of sin and wants something to eat. He was an immoral man. He was a godless man. And he would not be, he would not get right with God. There's not one record of Esau speaking with God or praying with him. But what about Isaac? Isaac had sin in his life also. He was the one who was a deceiver. He was a selfish man. He wanted to do God's will his own way. He was manipulative. He took advantage of his brother. He was a deceiver and he was a liar. It's important for us to remember today. It's important for us to remember today several things, and with these I'll be finished. First of all, remember this, friends. It sounds hopeless here. What's going to happen with the promised seed to Abraham? This sounds like a big mess. We've got two boys here. These, these boys that are the children of Isaac, they're, they're a wreck. They're in sin. All sin. All of us sin and fall short of the glory of God. And our children are a gift from God, but they must come to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So it is our obligation as parents, as grandparents, to do everything we can to point our children to Jesus Christ. All children have their own unique ways. They also have their own unique sinful ways. Remember, you may not right now as a parent be paying attention to this, but remember, all of your children, they have secret sins too. You must watch in order to help them and guard them and protect them in the decisions they make. The great news today is that sinners can be saved by the grace of God 
And we're going to discover in the days ahead, Esau continues to go far away from God, to live in the flesh. But, but Jacob, he hears from God, he repents of his sin, and he becomes a great example of what it means to follow Jesus. So I read to you today as we finish, Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank, and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. But I say to you, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, whatever their sin has been, may be saved. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord Jesus is near the door, my friends. Keep watching, keep looking, and we pray, come Lord Jesus.